Praise God. This is Metro Praise Church. Welcome. I won't keep you very long today because it is hot. I am sweaty. Hallelujah. And God has brought so much food here today. We're going to treat you out to our All Nations Dinner. So give the Lord a hand clap for that. So stay around service today. Every Sunday we have service crossovers at 7 p.m. That's for college and career. A lot of uh, thinkers and seekers come there. You're more than welcome to bring your friends, and we'll answer your questions and spend time with you in a college setting. Elevate! Yeah, is our youth group meeting every Friday at 7.30 p.m. They are just rock and rolling for God, so bring out all the young people. Also want to welcome our team from Raven. Would you all just stand up? Can we welcome Impact? Let's have them all stand up. God bless you. Thank you. I think you got one of ours now. Amen. Thank you, guys. Pastor Scott is going to be coming up in just a moment. They are a traveling ministry team that does street ministry all over the country, preaches the gospel unashamedly in boldness, goes to Mardi Gras and the darkest places of this country that we were just praying for. They go to the projects. They go to the inner cities. They go to the ghetto, to the pento. Amen. Praise God. These are the things that are important to us because we believe that a vision must have a strategy. Everybody say strategy. Our strategy is connect, mentor, send. Somebody say connect. We believe that everybody must connect to the cross. That means you must have a relationship with Jesus. We have a book that helps you do that. So if you want to be involved in that, see me or one of the leaders today, and we'll set up a one-on-one discussion with you to help you plug into the cross. Everybody say connect. Amen. The second step is mentor. Jesus came to make disciples, not choir members. He didn't come just to make people get baptized and take a little communion and say, thank you, Lord. He came to make disciples. And our vision is to make every believer a leader through discipleship. So we have a year-long school of leadership. Right now, listen to me, we have more people in this school than have ever been. Right now, God has brought over 60 disciples to this church. Can you say amen? Now that's double trouble for the devil because disciples aren't just people who talk it, they live it. So you got to go through the connect, but once you do, you'll love it. Mentor will change your life. And everybody say, send. Do the motion, go send. Little spirit fingers. Everybody's got to get sent. Because if we stay here, we keep it to ourselves. we got to go out and change the world. And our goal is 50 churches here in Chicago. Just here, we want 50 locations, 500 around the world, and 100,000 disciples. Can you say amen? This is what's going on during the week to make that happen. We have about seven different ministries. We have an after-school program in our student center meeting Tuesday through Thursdays. Adult small group in a home teaching the Word of God. Fridays at 7.30, points of light, urban outreach to the west side. Every Saturday, touching young people. Prison ministry, going out and preaching the gospel to people behind bars. And a street ministry, listen, that meets over ten times throughout the week. Different days, mornings, evenings, and nights spreading the gospel can you say amen it's time to get in the vision look at your neighbor and say let's do it come on hallelujah praise god i got some good news for you today the dinner is going to be served after service and july 16th and 17th Woo! we're going on a retreat yes it's called devil's lake i know but we make it jesus lake when we're there We'll be leaving July 16th here at 6 a.m. Come just as you are. Whatever you want to bring, you can bring, but just come. It's $50. If you don't have it, look at your neighbor and say it's F-R-E-E free. 
Come on, you have it, you bring it. If not, it's okay. All Everybody over 12, it, over 11 is $50. Under that to about age two is half of that. So just come and be with us. And what we do is we spend the whole day Friday out by the lake. It's a beautiful little mountainous range. We play games, take hikes. We have worship services. Then we go to the hotel, and that's just where all the trouble starts, all right? What happens in Devil's Lake stays in Devil's Lake, okay? Ish and I shared a bed last uh, one of those times, amen. There ain't nothing wrong with two men sharing a bed on a retreat. There ain't nothing wrong. Okay, anyways, I guess flashbacks. If I lost some of y'all, just pray for me. Then we wake up Saturday, we do baptism. So if you haven't been baptized, man, there is no feeling like getting baptized in a lake. It's awesome. So then we hang out all day Saturday and come back Saturday evening. So it's just get off work Friday and then spend Saturday with us. Somebody say, let's do it. Amen. And let's make some noise for the new building. Come on. That's the happy dance. Happy dance. As you can see, we're expanding and growing and changing the world one person at a time. We found a facility on Irving and Lowell. There it is. We have over 5, 000, about 5,000 square feet on the second floor with two entrances and a handicapped accessible elevator. So we are going to have our first service there August 1st. Everybody say August 1st. So don't forget and show up here, okay? So all the month of July, we got our leaders, David, Elliot, Andrew, Adolfo, making calls to all the men, women, and children to help us paint and get it ready. So if you get a call or you have a talent, please come on by, amen? And if you're used to making $20 an hour plus a tip, can you just volunteer this to the Lord, amen? Praise God, because somebody had to do this for you to come to this building. And if you know, we took over this one and that one. So we had three here, and this is going to put it all in one location. It is beautiful. Does anybody like this building? Have you seen it and like it? You say, man, some of you haven't seen it. So just to make sure you guys are all there, would you all stand up with me, please, as we prepare to receive our tithes and offerings? We believe that a tithe is 10% of the income that God gives you. It belongs to the Lord. We believe that believers are supposed to be tithers because God has blessed you so it goes through you. Somebody say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. So we believe that God gives you 100% to give him back 10. And that 10% belongs to the Lord. After that 10% is given to the Lord, you have 90%. And you might just be like, what do I do with it? Well, let me tell you what the Bible says. Pray about an offering. And this is how you can give. When you circle missions, you are giving to over 100 churches that are metro praises around the world. Can you say Amen. We have 30 in Pakistan, one in Honduras, three in Mexico, seven in Nigeria, and over 60 now in India, in the southern and northern India. Can you just say amen one more time? And I want to thank you for all of your support because this church makes it possible. We raised over $8,000 at uh, about two or three months ago in April. And so Adolfo, my man right there, wave it up. Come on, woo, woo, look at him chilling. We will be taking our two-week trip to New Delhi and to Via Jawada, Andhra Pradesh, India. And we'll be preaching the gospel in all of these churches. So thank you for your support. Because you make it possible. It's not just something we talk about. It's something we do. And I meet with them every week. And just some of the things we heard about was last month, uh, one of the young children, about two years old, in Pakistan, had a disease. They couldn't get the proper medical care. Died. Something in America that we would have had that. You see, we need to have hospitals. We need to help. Are you listening to me?
Right now in Nigeria, they're meeting in little huts. I've showed you the videos from India. Most of our churches are in the villages. They say there's over 50,000 villages just in India alone, not Nepal at these different places. And by the way, pray for Nepal. Right now we're working on connecting with a pastor who has multiple churches in Nepal. Somebody say, come forth in Jesus' name. When you give, you give unto the Lord. The Bible says a tithe is his. It goes to the house of God. We give the offering to the other churches to support them. And that way the Bible says we can claim this scripture as our own. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you've made us blessed to be a blessing. That you give it to us so it can go through us. That God, today, we are not by ourselves. We're standing with over a hundred churches proclaiming your word. Standing on the vision of loving God, loving people. God, be with them today. Strengthen them today. God, let them experience freedom each in their own way today. And Lord, let all of the shekels, the dollars we give them expand, God. Let it come at good deals and good prices. And now, Lord, bless your people. Lord, you know we're going through a recession, God, so we pray for new job opportunities. We pray for small businesses. God, we pray for our young people to go to college and get creative ideas to invent things, God, so that we can become a great industry again. Bless America, Father God, as we bless you today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's say what our economic plan is for 2010. Philippians 4:19. And my, come on. Your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Will you rejoice as you come forward and give? Thank you. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to welcome my friend. Assalamu alaikum. I have brother Nadar with his wife. They are Islamic believers. Come on, give him a hand clap. We visited their convention of the Muslims. They have come to visit us today. God bless you. You are welcome here. And we look forward to meeting with you and dialoguing in the near future. I want to now introduce Pastor Scott. Give it up for Pastor Scott. The first night Pastor Scott came to my house, we stayed up to about 3.30. I haven't caught up on sleep yet, and he is just clicking and going. I mean, dude, I don't even know what he's made of. It's not just the Energizer Bunny, man. It's like the Holy Ghost Energizer Bunny. So Pastor Scott's going to introduce the impact team and just get you guys all pumped about what God is doing. Pastor Scott. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Amen. I'm here with uh, Team Impact. If you don't know, you've probably seen us with the black shirts that say Impact across the front. Um, 20 college-age kids, well, 19 college-age kids, which I see a lot of you that age in here, which just brings joy to my heart. You guys, coming to a place where, where I see a group like this, I mean, brother, I could just move here. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, I, I mean, listen, we've been across the country. We started in New Orleans, Louisiana. We went all through Texas into New Mexico, across Oklahoma, Missouri. And I've yet to find anything like this, brother. So you got something special here. Amen. Amen. And uh, how many of you know John 8, 836, what it says? I got a little word for the America today. The Bible says the one the sons sets free is what? Free indeed. And that's what it's all about. So I'm going to have uh, 
one of my brothers come up, one of the team come up and share a testimony. Then we're going to do a little drama, and we'll share another testimony. First, I want to have Ryan come up. Now, how many of you think street preaching works? Amen. Well, we got some people here that believe it. But did you know a lot of people in, in the churches across the world, they say that doesn't work anymore. Matter of fact, I've even heard people that turn me on to street preaching make the statement that that's not how it works anymore. Kind of blew my mind when I heard it come out of their mouth. But I want to, I want to just have Ryan share a testimony about how street preaching might work. Well, uh, street preaching definitely works because I'm a living example of street preaching. I was outside a nightclub called Razzles in Daytona Beach, Florida, uh, about a year, year and a half ago, something like that, somewhere in there. And uh, Rape Ministries was out there, and they were doing what they do, street preaching and evangelizing, telling whoops, <laughs> telling people about Jesus and stuff. And uh, it really, I didn't really think much of it because I really didn't want any part of it at that time. I just wanted to hang out with my friends and do what I do. So I did do what I did. I don't do that anymore. Praise God. Um, but. Really, what drew me was the hailer on the other side of the street and the people shouting. I just kind of stood there and watched and really just wanted to see someone get beat up. That's kind of like my whole draw. But really, one of the, what really got me was when the pastor came up and started talking to me. And uh, I kind of got convicted of what I was doing and the lifestyle that I was living. I asked pastor what time the church started the next day. And uh, didn't really know if I was going to go for sure or not. But I went home that night, and God really convicted my heart. And... I got up the next morning and was like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to do this. Should I really do it? But I got up. I got up, and I went to church, and I ended up showing up an hour early, which was cool. I helped set up for the church service and everything, and it's just been an ongoing ever since. I haven't looked back. I haven't gone back to my old ways. I haven't drank. I haven't done any of that stuff since I gave my life to Christ. And then something else happened, too, along with that, and that was that I felt compelled to go out and preach the gospel to other people. I didn't want to see people in the same lifestyle I was, chained up the same way that I was. I wanted to see people set free, free from their sin, that because that's why Christ died, so we could be free from sin, so we didn't have to live in it anymore. Come on. So, so it's good, right? And that's really my story and how street ministry works. So. Amen. Um, Brittany and Tara are going to come up and do a drama. Let me just tell you about the most powerful thing we have is the power of our testimony. See, how could God take a young man that started drinking beer at two years? Um, they're going to do, okay. At two years old, my parents started giving me beer. Not, well, not my parents. I shouldn't say that. My grandfather. By the time I was eight or nine years old, my sister and brother were smoking pot with me. Now, how could somebody like that who was supposed to end up in a penitentiary or dead end up a pastor? That's the power of God to save somebody and to change their life. And only through Jesus Christ can that happen. And, you know, I, I think about, you know, last night we were out there in front of the convention center and the, sharing with the Muslims the faith. And, you know, it, some of them got angry. Some of them talked. And, and you know, I remember the first time I really had a chance to minister to a Muslim. It was in England. And we were in a park preaching. And he came up to us. And he said to us, what are you guys doing? You can't do that here. It's illegal. He said, you're drawing a crowd and it's against the law. And he said, but what is this Jesus you're talking about? 
And we begin to tell him. He goes, well, I've heard of this Jesus, and I believe he's a prophet, but I don't believe he's God. And my buddy that was with me said, well, I know he's God. And he said, well, how do you know he's God? He said, because I've seen him heal people. I've seen him set people free. He goes, wait a minute. You have seen him heal people. And he said, yes, I've seen him. Matter of fact, just less than a month ago, which we've got the documents, where a young lady was in the hospital with a brain tumor, and she's still alive today, by the way, was going to die. They gave her less than three months to live, and he prayed for her, and God healed her. So he said, so this God, you, you, this Jesus can heal. He said, absolutely, he can heal. He said, well, would he heal me? And he said, would you serve him? He said, well, if he healed me, I would serve him. I'd have to know he was Jesus Christ. And I remember when he said, fair enough, and he laid hands on that young man. And that young man's eyes got as big as saucers. And he said, Jesus. His hands went up and he said, Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. And his buddy, who was another young Muslim, stepped back and said, come on, man. You, you, you. And, but the power of God hit that place. Then the head of police came up. And now we went from a crowd of 30 to about a crowd of 200 to 250. You know, the, they, now they were drawing the crowd, not us. And the miraculous thing is our God is alive. See, we're not serving a dead God. We're serving a living God. Amen. And it's the power of God. And the reason we're out there, it's not just the Muslims. It's not just the Jehovah Witnesses. It's anybody that doesn't have Christ. If you truly believe in God and you truly believe that it's the truth, that the word of God is the truth, how can you not go and share the testimony. And that's what this little drama. Do you need the other mic, Tara? That's what this drama's on. Oh my God. Oh no. Oh. What? What did you do? What did I do? You killed us. I killed us. You're the one who let me drive home drunk. Oh my God. Oh, my I can't believe flip. it. We're, we're dead. Wait. Wait. So what's going to happen to us? Well, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to you, but, but I'm going to heaven. No, 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 no. Everyone goes to heaven. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The, the Bible? Bible says, well, when did you tell me to read the Bible? But the thing is, it's... Oh, God, wait. Wait, 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 let me explain. You don't know me. God, but you do know me. God, I, I went up to the altar call, God. God but I said the sinner's prayer. Depart from you. God, oh my gosh. Where am I gonna where am I gonna go? So did you sorry. know about I'm this? I'm sorry, I didn't Why didn't you tell me? I didn't want to hurt your feelings. You knew I was going to hell. Who cares about my feelings? I I, I didn't want to offend you. Offend me? Who cares? I'm going to hell. I didn't want to think you I was judging you. Judging me? I am being judged. I, I thought that if I lived my life you would you would you would follow my example. Follow your example? I'm so sorry. How is that gonna get me into heaven? I thought you were my friend. I, I am your You're friend. You're not my friend. If you were my friend, you would have told me about I'm this sorry. place right hell. So You're sorry? I'm so sorry. I thought you loved me. I do love you. Don't you don't love me. I if lo you love me, you would have told me about this place. I do love you. God, no. What? God, no. Wait, wait, wait God, no! How many times, how many people do we know that we know that are going straight to hell and we don't say anything about it? I was so encouraged to see that so many of you guys went out yesterday to talk to people who are following a lie, a false religion. That, that really got me excited. And, um, but how many people in our own lives that we still haven't talked to, 
our own friends that we say that we love, but yet we don't speak out about the word of God. If we were truly to see people for what they really are, they're people on fire that are going to burn in hell for eternity. On Friday when we were here having this prayer service, my sister came up to me because one of her friend's brother just recently died of a drug overdose. Do you know where he's going? And she came up to me burdened, crying and weeping. And she goes, Chris, I can't even close my eyes because every time I close my eyes, I see him burning in hell. It's important. It's, it's eternity. People are going to burn in hell for eternity. And some of us just keep our mouths quiet. I mean, it, it might not be someone here, but it might be someone watching. If we have the answer and we have the truth, then why aren't we speaking out? It's not about just sitting in a pew. It's not about a religion. It's not about a routine or something that people expect of you. It says in the Bible to go to all the nations and preach the gospel. We have the truth. And there's maybe some of you guys here, you know, some of you guys here, sorry to say, but some of y'all might be going to hell. You know that First John chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, you know what it says? It says that if God's seed remains in us, then we cannot and we will not sin if we're really children of God. And if we do, if we continue to do that sin, you know, sometimes we think backsliders are people who are no longer in church. You know what? There's backsliders here because you keep sliding back to the same sin over and over. You know what the Bible says? It says that you're children of the devil. You need to ask yourself, who's your daddy? Who's your father? This is not a joke for me. This is not a joke. Every single young person that's here, they gave their lives. We sacrificed and we obeyed God because we care about souls. And it's not about just when you go to an Islamic, you know, um, festival. It's, it's about your every day. When you're in the grocery store, are you preaching the gospel? Are you talking out to people? What are you doing with what God gave you? Because one day, we're all going to stand before an almighty God, and we're going to have to give account for our actions. And God's going to say, what did you do? And some of you are going to say, Lord, Lord. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Because it's not about just knowing about God. It's knowing God. And if we really have the heart of God, then we would be broken for the souls out there that are going to die forever and that are going to burn in eternity. And that's not okay with me. And that's not okay with us. And that shouldn't be okay with you because that's some of you here. I, didn't, I don't mean to preach, but I'm so passionate and I love my God so much and I'm so broken. There's something wrong with the world. We've gone to so many places, homosexual, festival, Islamic, and every single time, you know what I've seen? The authorities come. The authorities come, the police come, and they, they, they you know, like cattles, we're shooed away and we're told where we're supposed to stand. What is going on with the world that the world is backing up sin rather than righteousness? A country that was once founded on Christianity. You want to know why? Because we're sitting back and we're allowing it to happen. You think homosexuals don't fight for their rights? You think abortionists aren't going to fight for their rights? Of course they are. They're going to stand and they're going to fight. Whether they get arrested, whether whatever. But we're so scared. If you're scared, then you need to ask yourself, do you really believe in what you say you believe in? 
People in other countries are getting their heads chopped off. You think this is bad? Here, you can bail out of jail if you wanted to. Other countries, they'll leave you there to rot. They will kill you. Those are the brothers and sisters out there that we have that are really dying for the gospel. So I just want to encourage you. You, you know, seek your heart. Seek where your heart is. Are you really serving God or are you really a child of the devil? And what is it that you really believe in? You really need to question yourselves. And do you love people enough to get out of your comfort zone and really go out there? Because they're going to burn. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. So true. And to see the passion. I'm, I'm so, God, so, so glad that God has surrounded me with a team of young people. That says we're not cowards. Because the Bible says the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, and all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire. You know, I, Pastor Joe, I've, I've, ri- I've, I've ridden in a place where very few men ever ride and ever have a chance to talk about it. And laid in something very few men have a chance to lay in and have a chance to talk about it. I rode in a hearse laying in a casket. The Bible says it's appointed for all men to die once, and then comes the judgment. Now, very few men ride in a hearse and are in a casket and actually live to talk about it. But I'm one of the few. I Actually, in a parade route, they put me in a parade and allowed me to be brought out at the judge's booth and preach the gospel. And I am willing to go to the nations. I've been to Turkey. I've been to Europe. I've been to Mexico, Colombia. I will go anywhere. I will cross the seas. We were in a little town. And one person, one girl, one young lady, 15 years old, you know what I said to her? I said, young lady, I'd swim the ocean if I could to save your soul. Because that's how much I believe. That's how much I believe their eternal destiny hangs in the very words you have, the very hope. The cure, you want the cure for HIV? You've got it, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the God that heals. Jesus Christ is the God that sets free. Some may not believe he's God. Some may not believe he's who he said he was. But I challenge you to call out on that name and see for yourself. I challenge you to stand up. And if you truly believe, Pastor, come on, come on up. I know you, I know you got a sermon here. I know you got something for us. I just want to say thank you guys so much, Pastor. Thank you so much for having us. Listen, it's, it's not everywhere we go where we feel like we're just right amongst brethren. And, and man... Be encouraged. I want to challenge you to get behind this man and, and, and follow him. He's leading you in the right direction. He's discipling you. He's mentoring you. Man, that is what the Bible says. Go into all the world and make disciples, brother. I, I commend you, Pastor. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray for the Raven team because I know you guys are leaving tomorrow. Where are you guys going tomorrow? Amen. Would you all just stand? Can we just pray for you? Because we may not get another chance to. God, we just lift up to you right now. The Raven team, continue to bless them. Pour out your spirit upon them. Use them, God, to tell their testimony. Words like they just presented here all across this nation. Provide for every need they have. Bless their families, Father. And we pray, God, for the nations, God, to be saved through their ministry. Bless Pastor Troy and Sister Melanie and all of the wonderful people. Pastor Alex that work with this team. Pastor Scott and his wonderful wife. 
wife, Sister Robin. Bless them all, Father God, the leadership in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Bless the Lord for them. Amen. John chapter 8, verse 31. I'm only going to keep you a few more moments, but these moments are going to radically change your life. On the back of your announcements are notes. Today's message is freedom. Freedom. You've just heard the best introduction. We didn't even plan to share that today. You've already heard, <clears throat> seen a skit, excuse me, you've seen a testimony from this young lady who just blessed my soul with that message of repentance and that we must have the passion to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then our brother to share John chapter 8, the very verse that I'm going to be reading today is all confirmation that you are here today to be set free. There is freedom in Christ today. Look at John chapter 8, verse 31 through 47. It's a lengthy passage. But I'm going to ask you just to pay attention to it like you did the movie Avatar. I'm going to ask you to get just as excited about it as you did about the last baseball game that you watched. I'm going to ask you to get excited about it just as much as you did when you hung out with your friends or going to today. Can somebody say amen? It says to the Jews who had believed in him. He said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus said, you have to do something after believing. It's not just good enough for you to say, I believe in God. The Bible says even the demons believe in God, and they shudder. Do you know that the demons have more sense than most people today? Today, people will blaspheme God, take his name in vain, and have no fear. The demons, when they hear his name, They shudder, the Bible says. But yet it's not good enough just to believe because the Jews had believed. He said to the Jews, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. You see, today Jesus Christ is calling every one of us to be real disciples. That means if there's a real disciple, there can be a what? A fake disciple. A fake disciple is what our sister just demonstrated to you. Sin is okay. Compromise is okay. You believe many roads lead to heaven. You believe that everybody should just get along and mind their own business. That is not a real disciple. That is a fake disciple. Because if you are a real disciple, what do you do? You hold. Somebody say hold. Come on, I'm going to preach a little bit. Somebody say hold. You hold to the teachings of Jesus. And Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus declared there's not many ways. There's only one way. Jesus himself said that one day he will come from the clouds with his mighty angels and judge the earth and separate them as a sheep separates sheep and goats. The Bible says the goats will go to an everlasting punishment and the sheep to an everlasting place of joy. There is a heaven and there is a hell. You need to hold on to the teachings. Jesus wants real disciples. Somebody say real disciples. He says, then, then, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You can't have an argument with God and expect to live a free life. You can't have a debate with God and expect to see God move in your life. The first thing you need to do is believe. Number two, you need to hold to the teachings and then what he will do, he will set you free. 
I've never seen a cake bake itself. I've never seen a house make itself. Nobody can set themselves free. God must set you free. You've heard testimonies. You've heard mine from drugs, alcohol, from pornography. But I'll even go deeper than that from greed, selfish ambition, from bitterness of the heart, unforgiveness. There are things inside of a man's heart that he cannot make himself free from. He needs to hold, believe, and let Jesus set him free. That's what he said. Verse 33, they answered him. See, they're going to defend themselves now because they don't think they need to be free. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? <clears throat> oh, but Jesus, <laughs> you, you don't know me, Jesus. I go to youth group. I travel with the Raven team. I, I go to church. I'm in, I'm in Bible college. I'm, I'm religious, Jesus. I, I don't need to be free. You're, you're talking to the homosexual over there, Jesus. Here's my education. Here's my radical t-shirt. Here's my little Jesus verse on my bathroom wall. <laughs> We just think that we can glitter up our lives. I'm going to get on you a little bit too, Raven team. You got on us. I'm going to get on you. Because you can put on a radical t-shirt. You can come to church on the 4th of July. You can go to church. You can do all of that. And then you can stand before God and say, hey, I don't need anything else. I already got it. I got it. I'm done. David said, search my heart, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and then lead me in the paths of everlasting. I've been following the Lord for 14 years, my friend, and God still knows how to point something out to me and say, hey, that's not okay, mister. You need to get rid of that. I've been serving God, and he's just woke me up and said, hey, you need to change this. If he's done it for me, he'll do it for you because he wants to set you free. But these Jews said, hey, we're Abraham's children. We go to the synagogue. We don't eat certain foods. We're so righteous. Special. Special. That's what they said they were. We're so special. Look at your neighbor and say, you ain't that special. <laughs> Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone. Somebody say everyone. Say it again. Everyone, everyone includes me. Everyone includes you, the Pope. It includes Billy Graham, his great grandson. It includes everyone who sins. He's a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Here's my brother's verse confirming what the word is saying today. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your Father. So here you have Jesus saying to them, I know you're Abraham's descendant, but I also know you're a slave. Because whoever sins is a slave to sin. You want to try quitting pornography? You can't do that. You want to try to have a healthy home? You want to, you want to try to stop cussing? You can't do that. You're a slave. You want to get rid of that anger in your heart? You get so upset and then you go back to your family and you say that you're sorry. 
Bible says that a slave has no rights. One of the most disgusting things in American history was the oppression of the African people. Oppressed because of the color of their skin. What an idiot would take another person and treat them as an animal. They were fools, the Bible says. We were all created in God's image. There's only one race, the human race. And I'll be the first white boy to say, we're sorry. Yet there's stories of these slaves that endured such hardship. And one time a slave owner was putting up a man for, a woman rather, for sale. And he had her before the people like property. Opening your mouth and putting his fingers in the mouth and grabbing her by the hair and, and exposing parts of her body to the public. A man came by and was shrunken in his heart. And he said, that is disgusting. I cannot allow this to happen in front of me. And he went over to the slave owner and he says, what does it cost to own this one? And he knew that the man wanted him back, so he raised the price double. And the man said, I'll pay for it. And he took the woman and took off the chains and he, he bought her and he walked her right over to the place of freedom. And he emancipated her. And he gave her her papers and he said, I bought you to set you free. Could you imagine in your worst nightmare that woman returning back to the slave owner saying, no, I want to be a slave. Put me in chains again. Put me in chains again. I want to be beaten. I want to be raped. My friends, Jesus Christ died to set you free. Why would you continue in sin? Don't go back to sin, my friends. Hate sin because it is a wicked, wicked slave master. Hate alcohol because it brings alcoholism. Hate your temperament because it destroys your family. Hate your selfishness and your greed because the Bible says whoever sins becomes a slave to sin. But Jesus came to set us free. That, why, that, that we might be sons and daughters. I don't have to wait to go to heaven till I'm free. I'm experiencing it right now. I'm free. Come on, is anybody else free? Has anybody else been set free from some junk in their life? Oh, praise God. Verse 39, he told him that uh, you're not really like Abraham. He's not really your father, though. Biologically, he could be, but you don't act like him. Verse 39, Abraham is our father, they answered. He said, if you were Abraham's children then you would do the things Abraham did. We're all children of God, Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> We're all children of God. I'm a child of God. This is the child of God. We're all children of God. <laughs> don't judge. Now, don't you judge me. Don't judge me. We're all children of God. You know? Isn't that what people say? Come on, I don't mean to mock if that's what you say. But don't, don't people say, We're all, We're all children of God. I mean, come on. I don't have to be married to have sex. I'm a child of God. That's what they were saying is, yeah, you know, Jesus, we do have a little problem on the side. We do sometimes steal from the offering. The Jewish people at that time were oppressing the poor. Yeah, Jesus, we, we sometimes do those things. But, but we're Abraham's children. Doesn't that mean something? You know, you know what Jesus said to him? He said, he said, if you were really Abraham's children, you would live like him. 
Now look at verse 41. You are doing the things your own father does. We're going to find out in just a moment that Jesus didn't believe everybody was a child of God. We are not illegitimate children, they proclaim. The only father we have is God himself. So they defend themselves. They say, hey, we're not illegitimate children. We really are Abraham's descendants. Look at my genealogy. I can prove it. It was like their way of saying, look, 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 hold on, Jesus. I go to church on Christmas and Easter. I'm a priester. Hold on, Jesus. I travel around. I preach. I go to Bible college. All their little doodiddles, they said, we're really not who you think we are. And here's towards the end. Hang in with me. Verse 42, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, then you would love me. For I came from God, and now I'm here. I have not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I'm saying. Verse 44, the man of love, the man of peace who came into a manger. That white man in a beard that they draw in churches, we know he didn't look like that. But this cute little Jesus... Oh, like that, like a, like a Talib Dega nice, sweet baby Jesus. I like him as a little baby. You ever seen sweet baby Jesus? Okay. Some of y'all getting that? We just think of Jesus. You know what he is? He's just a big fluffy Bob Vila. He's just a good old Santa Claus. Hey, everybody. I love you and you love me and we're a happy family. A little disciple here. We think of Jesus like that, don't we? Like, here comes Jesus. Ask whatever you wish. It's all yours. Think of Jesus as you read this. Verse 44. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies... He speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. The Jesus of mercy. The Jesus of love. The Jesus of John 3.16 that will soon die for everyone in John 21. That Jesus says that, hold on, not everybody's a child of God. There are some who have another father, the devil. And can I be honest with you? We're all born that way with the propensity to sin. And I remember being in Bible college and my professor told me about stories on, on how his children would sin and no one had ever taught them to sin. And I used to laugh at his little jokes until I had one. And now I have two. And you'll tell little baby Bethany, don't touch that. And then she'll walk right over and touch it looking right at you. Just to see what you're going to do. So we walk right over there. Bad Bethany. Don't touch that. A few moments later, she'll start edging her way right over to it. And then she'll go just like this. Who makes her want to do that? Did you guys sneak into my house and teach her that one? Did, did somebody do that when I wasn't looking? Why does my child, who I love so much, want to break my law so easily? Why is there a desire in her to not want to listen? 
Because we're all born into a fallen state. And the Jews couldn't admit that. The Jews had to prove that they were better than everybody else because they had a religion. They had a religion that if they didn't do that and they did this and they ate that and they did this, they were okay. And God said, no, you're no different than the pagan Roman having an orgy gorging himself and puking in his pucatorium. You're no different than them because you act just like your father, the devil. The good news is that Jesus said right at the beginning, if you believe and hold to my teaching, you will be my disciple and then you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. You can come to Jesus today with all of your fears, with all of your failures, with all of the ways that you say, I fail. And God will come to you and set you free. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 3.17 in closing. I know it seems really hard to go from a message like this to like, Aros con candules. But we're going to have a picnic after this. But we're going to get you saved first. And if you're saved, we're going to get you sanctified. And if you're saved and sanctified, we're going to get you filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you're already saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, we're going to get you some fire. Woo! Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. You know that forgiveness is good news to a sinner. Don't you know that? If you were in debt $15,000, how many would like to hear from the credit card company? We forgive your debt. How many would like to mortgage the bank company to walk up to you today and say, we forgive your house loan? All clear. Forgiveness is a good word to a sinner, and repentance is exciting because repentance is the way we receive forgiveness. To say, God, I am a sinner, and I have sinned. Second Corinthians, I don't have near the time to read the context. But I'll just start in verse 17 of chapter 3. Chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians, verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Who is the Spirit? The Lord. That's why we're Trinitarians. We believe that God is the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Now the Lord is the Spirit. So where is the Father? He is in heaven. Who is with him at his right hand? The Son. And who is across this earth living in the hearts of the believers? The Spirit. And is He the Lord, the same as the Father and the Son, equal to them? Yes, He is. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Would you stand up with me today, please, as the band comes. There was a salesman driving through the country one time. He wasn't very familiar with where he was at. Kind of got lost and got down some old small country road. He was driving, just enjoying what he was seeing, the green grass, the the stalks of corn, the soybean, and the The smell of the fertilizer was catching his attention, and he was just enjoying himself. And as he drove by a farmhouse, he began to notice something that he had never seen living in the city. He saw some ratty old dog just jumping all over the place, doing backflips all across the landscape of a farmer's house. He was so intrigued that he actually stopped and he started watching this dog just leaping and jumping and running, just going everywhere. And it was just a nasty, beat-up old dog. He stopped and the farmer noticed him. And the farmer came over and said, can I help you? He said, I'm just looking at this dog. 
What do you got this dog on? I have never seen a dog so happy. He said, one day when I was hunting, I found this dog left to die chained to a tree in the woods. Ever since I set the dog free and gave it something to eat, it keeps jumping around. Don't you want to jump around today? Don't you want to get out of the junk? Don't you want to get free today? Come on, don't you want a new life in Christ? And those of us who already have a new life, don't you want to get out of the cycle, the merry-go-round of repentance? Come on, don't you just want to go to an ever-increasing glory with the Lord today? And before somebody just comes up to the altar and just says, Set me free, Jesus. So here I am. There is a part you play. And the part is your free will. I decided to pick up this old piece of candy right here, and I'm holding it in my hand pretty good. Here it is. I'm holding it. That's my choice. I can pick up a cigarette the same way, can I? I can pick up a beer. I can pick up the remote. I can do a lot of things with that free will, can't I? When we repent, we're not only repenting for the things we've done wrong, we're also asking God to change our tendency, not my will, but your will. Because God doesn't put a little man in your brain and control you now. Well, I got prayed for by the pastor, and I'm trying to turn on BigHooters.com, and uh, I can't do it. Trying to yell at my wife, can't do it. No, God doesn't take control of you. He asks you, can I have control of you? You let Him have control. The Bible says the Lord is the Spirit. That means He can live in every one of us. And He'll transform our wills to His will. Our hearts to His heart. And that word transformed in the Greek, everybody say metamorpho. It means to go from one state of being to another. The most applicable example is that of the caterpillar and the butterfly. The caterpillar comes into this world just nasty. How many just nasty? Just know those caterpillars are nasty. You saw one crawling right now. Be, eh, nasty. But what does it do? It transforms. Gets metamorphosized. And then what does it come? Butterfly. Everybody say butterfly. That's who God wants you to be. He wants you to be that butterfly. But you know, the same DNA from the caterpillar is in the butterfly. Do I still kind of have a sense of humor? Yeah, God let me keep that because He made me with that. Do I get to still be excited? You see why I'm so red-faced? I only went wakeboarding for like 20 hours yesterday. I mean, I fell over that way. I mean, but did God make me that way? Yes. But what did He have to do? He had to transform me. You see, Jesus wants to make you a new person by transforming you. He wants to take those desires you have and transform them to His desires. The plan, yes, you want to have a family, but it needs to be His family. Yes, you want to change the world and preach the gospel and go out there and change it, but it's got to be His way, not our will, but His will. Let's pray. Father, I thank You today that on the day of freedom for our country, there is spiritual freedom in this place. I'm going to ask that our elders and deacons would just come forward. And I'm going to ask that right now you would just pray reflectively in your heart right now. We're just about ready to have a wonderful time of fellowship. But just as I'm speaking to you, as your head is bowed and eyes are closed out of respect for God, 
Would you just begin to focus right now on those things that God wants to change today? I want to ask that Pastor Scott and his wife and just a few of his leaders would come because we won't have enough room for the full impact team. Just think of those things right now. We're going to give a first call, and that is going to be for those who say, I need to hit restart and get born again again. Either you've not known the Lord and you need to come and confess Jesus into your heart and be born again, or you've known Him and as our sister was saying, you've backslidden. The first call is for you. I'm praying for you right now. Father God, I pray for backsliders. Saints, pray with me. Anyone who's not where they're supposed to be right now. Either they don't know you or they don't know you like they should. They've allowed compromise to come in. They've allowed sin to come in. God, they've put other things before you. Church, serving you, worshiping you has not been number one. You said to love with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. God, they may be struggling with that today. God, I pray you convict their heart. We're praying for you right now. I'm just going to ask you on the count of three, if that's you, to come to your seat, come from your seats to the front. We will pray that God will bring new life to you. One, two, three, if that's you, come right now. Come right now. Any backslider, anyone who wants to accept Jesus, come as you are. Thank you, God, for sending those here today. Don't be ashamed. Hey, this is going to be exciting. New life. New life. Forgiveness. The devil's ashamed. You're not ashamed because Jesus is covering you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every one of them. We're going to give you a few more moments because you may be here and you're battling. Well, I don't know. It's not really that bad. I'll make it right when I go home. Come on. If you're struggling, the chances are you're not right. Just come now. If you're struggling with a decision, chances are you're not right. Just come now. Make it right. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Freedom in this place. Now we're going to call the second one. These are for those who say, Pastor, we are Christians. We do love God. We know if we died, we would go to heaven. But there's sins in our life that we need to get out. If you're a Christian and you're struggling with sin, you know what you ought to do, but you keep doing the wrong thing. You keep saying you know Him, but you keep denying Him. I want you to come forward quickly right now. Any Christian, whether it be pornography, whether it be rebellion, selfish ambition, anger, come quickly, Christians. Come on, let the Lord sanctify you today. Jesus. Come on, we might have to pray extra hard right now because we got some Christians that maybe just don't want to admit it. Come on, help me pray. Help me pray, saints of God who are living holy. Come on, that these Christians won't hide it. Come on, get out the closet. Come out the closet and receive forgiveness. No more secrets. No more secrets. No more secrets. Jesus. Jesus. Now we're going to begin to sing Freedom Reigns in this place. If you need prayer, come on up. We'll dismiss for our meal in just a moment. Please be patient. But we're going to worship with those being prayed for and those who want to be more like Jesus, ever increasing. This place.